After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'uz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalif Masih V, Ayyadullah Ta'ala ibn Aziz stated, It is the divine decree of Allah the Almighty that whoever comes into this world after spending some time here will eventually depart. However, most fortunate are those who leave behind good memories who proved to be beneficial to others, who demonstrated through their actions that they gave precedence to their faith over the world, who tried to act upon the commandments of Allah and His Messenger, who worked to fulfill the objective of their pledge of allegiance to the Promise of Salaam. Those who are truly loyal to Khilafat Ahmadiyya who tried their utmost to fulfill the rights owed to humanity, who always tried to attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty, and for whom everyone utters only complimentary words. As such, according to the Holy Prophet they become destined for paradise. I shall speak about an individual who tried to live their life in accordance with the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. I will speak about respected Amatul Qudus Sahiba, who is the daughter of Hazrat Dr. Mir Muhammad Ismail Sahib anhu, and the wife of the late Sahibzada Mirza Wasim Ahmad Sahib. She was the daughter-in-law of Hazrat Muslim Maud Although she lived in Qadian, but these days she was visiting her daughters in Rabwa, where she passed away at the age of 96. Verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, she was a Musia and contributed at the rate of one-ninth. I will mention some details of her life. 
At the inauguration of the Jalsa Salana in 1951, Hazrat Khalib Tunisi II led the nikah of Hazrat Mirza Basim Ahmed Sahib with her and said, Owing to certain reasons, I wish to announce two nikah ceremonies prior to the inaugural session of the Jalsa. One was hers and the other was of the daughter of Hazrat Muslim Maud. He said, I will only lead two nikah ceremonies. If I had announced this earlier, many requests for leading their nikah would have been received. If there are too many marriage announcements during the Jalsa occasion, the time for the speech would also have decreased. Nevertheless, he led these two nikahs on the occasion of this Jalsa. Her paternal cousin, Sayyid Daud Ahmed Sahib, was appointed as her vakil. During the marriage announcement, Hazrat Muslim also said, I generally only wed off my daughters to life devotees. Amadun Asir Sahib was married to Peer Moinuddin Sahib. When she was married, on the request of Hazrat Dr. Mir Muhammad Ismail Sahib's wife, Hazrat Khalif al-Masih II attended the Ruksatana from the side of the girl. He was not part of the groom's procession, i.e. of his sons, rather he attended from the side of the girl. Allah the Almighty blessed them with three daughters and one son. One of her daughters, Amatul Alim Saiba, is currently the Sadr Lajna of Pakistan. She is the wife of Mansoor Ahmed Khan Sahib, Wakili Allah Tehri Kajdeed. With regards to the other two daughters, one of them, Amatul Karim Saiba, is the wife of Captain Majid Sahib. Amatul Rauf Sahiba is the wife of Dr. Ibrahim Munib Sahib. And Amatul Karim is the wife of Majid Khan. Mirza Kaleem Ahmed is a son who lives in America. On one occasion, Hazrat Muslim Maud said the following to Mirza Wasim Ahmed Sahib. He had come for his wedding and had been married for only a number of days. He was arranging the documents for his wife in order to take her back with him. And as is usually the case, the relations between Pakistan and India fluctuate greatly. Tensions were high in those days, upon which Hazrat Muslim Maud said to him, The documents of your wife will be processed in due time. Leave her and immediately return to Qadian. Since at least one individual from the family of the Promised Messiah should be present there, Immediately book your seat on the plane. Even if no seats are available, it is essential that you must go, even if you have to travel on a chartered flight. Hazrat Muslim said, The reason for this is that if you are not there, 
and are unable to set an example of making sacrifices, how will the people then make sacrifices? Whereas this was a sacrifice made by Mirza Wasim Ahmad Sahib, it was also a sacrifice made by Sahib Zadi Amadul Qudus Sahib. It was uncertain when the documents would be completed and the circumstances were difficult and could have worsened. However, it was the order of the Khalifa of the time and with great contentment she bid farewell to her husband and gave precedence to her religion over the world. Hazrat Muslim Maud was at the airport in Lahore in order to bid farewell to Mia Wasim Ahmad Sahib. Dr. Hashmatullah Sahib said, Hazrat Khalifa Masih II remained standing at the airport, continuously looking at the airplane and continued to pray until it departed and was out of view. Then, when the documents of his wife were completed, she said, One year after my marriage, I was about to leave for Qadian. Hazrat Muslim Aud specifically advised me to stay in the house of Umm Nasir, which the Promised Messiah visited frequently and had delivered lectures in the courtyard as well. After moving to Qadian, Sahib Zadi Amatul Qudus Saiba played a vital role in gathering together, organizing and comforting the women of the community, including the wives and children of the Darveshan. As a result, the women there felt at ease. I have received countless letters from the wives and daughters of the Darveshan there. Having arrived in London, Hazrat Khalid Musi the Fourth Rahimahullah delivered the first sermon on 4th May 1984. Therein, he called upon the Ahmadis of the world with the words of the Prophet Muhammad Man Ansari Ilallah, and announced a wide-scale program for the propagation of Islam. He also stated that there was a need for a large complex for these objectives. There was a need to build two new centres for Europe, one in England and the other in Germany. For this purpose, Allah the Almighty will provide the wealth out of His grace and He encouraged the people to partake in this initiative. The women of Qadian once again responded to this with full passion and loyalty. Sahib Zadi Amatul Qudus was serving as a Sadr Lajna in India. In her report, she mentioned that after starting this scheme, by the grace of Allah, Lajna Imaila of India answered the call of His Holiness and wholeheartedly participated by presenting whatever jewellery and money they had. She herself also gave all of her jewellery. Among the Lajna of India, the first promises that were sent to Hazrat Khalidum Si the fourth Rahimahullah were of Lajna of Qadian. Thereupon, during the Friday sermon of 10th August 1984, Hazrat Khalidum Si the fourth mentioned the Lajna of Qadian, stating, I have received a report about the Lajna of Qadian, and I was waiting for this, because when the sacrifices of the Harika Jadid scheme were initiated, 
It was the women of Qadian who had the honor of displaying extraordinary sacrifices. Now, very few women remain there. But no matter how many there are, I was still awaiting news in relation to them, as it is their right to remain at the forefront in the field of sacrifice. And just as they elevated the name of Qadian in that time, it should now also be elevated. So, Alhamdulillah, all praises due to Allah, I have received the report from there as well. So the Lajna of India informs me that she sent the promises of the Lajna and Nasrat of Qadian for the new centers to me on 16th of July. She wrote that the sermons of His Holiness instilled a great yearning within the women and by the grace of Allah alone they gave whatever they possessed but even then this yearning was not extinguished. They are so passionate that if they possessed anything else they would have presented it in the way of God. This was the letter sent by Sahibzad the Amatul Qudus Sahiba to Hazrat Khalid Mumsi the Fourth, Rahimahullah. In 1991, Hazrat Khalid Mumsi the Fourth, travelled to Qadian, India. He stated, I cannot say this regarding all the Lajna of India, but by the grace of Allah, I can say with regards to the Lajna of Qadian that they display unparalleled examples of financial sacrifice. The Qadian Jamaat is very poor. Yet I have always witnessed that whenever an appeal is made, the women and girls here come forward with great zeal and passion, that at times my heart desires to stop them, saying, enough, you do not have the means to do so. Truthfully, along with joy, I also worry for them. But then I think, that the one for whom they make these sacrifices, he knows full well how to reward them bountifully. The same Allah out of his sheer grace shall grant them abundantly in the future, both in their faith and worldly provisions. Then he states, On one occasion, when I made an appeal for the centers, the Ahmadi girls broke their money boxes and gave away the few coins they had saved for the sake of their faith. He then stated, How benevolent and glorious is our Lord! At times, devoid of any love or fervor, even the millions laid at His feet are rejected, and He does not accept them, as it has no value. However, when one sincere but poor individual presents all the money he has out of love, he accepts it with even more love and affection. Just as you accept gifts from your loved ones and hold them dear, God also has ways of holding things dear. I know and have certainty that in these ways God will have most certainly valued even this paltry amount of money. This is an extract of what he said during the address to the women there at the Jalsa Salana. When Hazrat Muslim Aud sent her to Qadian, he advised her that she would gather together the women of the various Jamaats. When she went there, she was appointed as the General Secretary for Qadian. Then in 1955, she served as the local Sadalajna. Then she was elected as Sadalajna of India. 
1959, the elections took place for electing a different local Sadr and she continued to work as a Sadr legend of India. By the grace of Allah, she continued to serve in this capacity until 1999 and after this she remained an honorary member. During her tenure, she also toured various Jamaats throughout India and so her years of service spans 46 years. There were many difficulties at the beginning when organizing the tasks of Lajna. She would write letters even though she did not receive replies. Then she wrote under the address of Sahib Zadha Mirza Wasim Ahmed Sahib. Through these efforts, she gradually united the local Jamaats there. There are many different local languages in India. Many letters she received were written in different languages and this was also another challenge. Hence, these letters were translated with the help of local missionaries. Gradually, she began to accompany Mizar Wasim Sahib on tours to remote branches of the community. In this way, she organized the various local branches of the community that required a great deal of help following the partition. Her daughter Amadul Alim writes, During the time of Hazrat Khalid Masih IV, Rahimahullah, she had also made a team that was responsible for summarizing letters received from India. Hazur was sent these summaries and he was greatly pleased by this work. She rendered great services in respect to the Quran. She has taught the Holy Quran to over 250 girls in Qadian. School girls would come in groups to learn the Holy Quran, first in the early morning, followed by the afternoon. In India, some girls who had completed the FA or FSC would come to stay in Qadian for three months during their break from school. Her daughter continues, Our mother would teach those girls the translation of the Holy Quran in the morning, afternoon and evening. She was able to thoroughly organize the Lajna members. She taught others how to work with great vigor. She would advise others to build a relationship with Khilafat through anecdotes. And by hearing these anecdotes, girls and women would grow in their bond with Khilafat. Hospitality of guests was one of her salient qualities. Her daughter further says, She always supported our father. They lived through very poor conditions. In the afternoon, all they had to eat was lentils, and our father had kept a cow for milk. Whenever a guest would come, she would present whatever she had prepared without any hesitation. She would also present guests with drinks or tea according to the season of the year. Afterwards, when the conditions improved, she presented guests with food accordingly. People would come to visit her home considering it as their own. She was a good wife and was very supportive at all times, even during times of hardship. She never made any demands. She would happily manage with whatever funds were given to her by her husband, Mia Wasim Sahib. As a result, Allah the Almighty would bestow extraordinary blessings upon her wealth. She was very meticulous and well organized. Her daughter continues, When Mirza Wasim Sahib passed away, my mother saw a dream that she was going on a final journey, as though she was also preparing to leave. 
Hazrat Khalibdumsi the third Rahimahullah came to her in the dream and said that her visa had not yet been approved. Thus, by the grace of Allah, she lived for a long time even after that dream. In 2007, Mirza Wasim Sahib fell ill, but soon after Allah the Almighty restored his health. Upon his recovery, he planned to visit the Jamaats in the local branches in Hyderabad and took his wife along with him. It was during that visit that Amatul Qudus Sahib saw the aforementioned dream and became fearful that these were perhaps the final moments of Mirza Wasim Sahib. Nonetheless, at the time he was healthy and well, but she insisted that they return to Qadian. Upon their return to Qadian, he fell ill once again, and during the course of that illness, he passed away. In her final years, she lost her sight. and also used a hearing aid. Eventually, she lost her sense of hearing as well. However, despite that, she spent her time contently and was never ungrateful. Whenever someone asked about her health, she would always reply by saying, All praise belongs to Allah. As I have already mentioned, she immediately donated all her jewellery towards the initiative for acquiring the new headquarters for the community. Whatever initiative was launched by the Khalifa of the time, the first contributors from Qadian were always Mirza Wasim Sahib and his wife. Her daughter says, If we would make a mistake whilst reciting the Holy Quran, even if our mother was in a different room, she would correct us from wherever she was. It was as though she had committed the Quran to memory, even though this was not the case. It was through her regular recitation of the Holy Quran that she was able to recall it. When Mirza Wasim Ahmed Sahib would perform the Itikaf, she would send food for him and also for the poor people in Itikaf. Furthermore, she would also send food to the girls in boarding schools there, as well as the local missionaries. She was so considerate towards others that no matter whether she was sick, feverish or in any other condition, she would make sure to attend occasions of their happiness or times of grief. In Qadian, there were people of different standings. She would teach girls how to sew and would prepare the brides on their wedding days. She had created a culture where she would live amicably with everyone. In 2005, the Lajna in Rabwa constructed Sarai Masrur. It is a large building. For this initiative, instead of contributing under her own name, she contributed 100,000 rupees on behalf of her husband. Her daughter further says, Following the partition, whilst in Ratanbagh, Lahore, and then in the mud homes of Rabwa, she would recite the Holy Quran to Hazrat Ammajan. Hazrat Ammajan would also listen to the Malfuzat from someone, and she had the opportunity of reading them to her as well. Her younger daughter, Amatul Rauf, says, Shaji Itardin Sahib 
and Hafiz Sahib would stay in Betul Riyazat, the room of the Red Drops, and in Hazrat Amajan's large room. Afterwards, Bhai Abdul Rahim Sahib also stayed there. Whatever was cooked in the house would be sent to them. After the visiting hours for women in Betul Dua would finish, the women would come into the house. The house was always open and there were no restrictions on visiting. There was no doorbell either and women could easily enter. She further says, When Mirza Vasima Sahib passed away, an Inam Ghori Sahib was appointed as Nazri Allah. Our mother demonstrated complete obedience and submitted requests for everything according to the correct procedure. She would give her wasiyat and paid the portion due from her property during her lifetime. She was also among the Daftar Awal for Tehreek Jadid scheme. She would advise her children to offer prayers at the earliest time because the first thing that would be brought into account would be prayers. If they passed this, then everything else will follow suit. She further says, she would care for many girls. She not only provided them with an excellent upbringing, but she also taught them how to recite the Holy Quran, its translation, and then arranged for their marriages as well. There was a man who accepted Ahmadiyyat from Bihar Ranchi along with his daughter. He was very elderly. He brought his daughter to my mother and said, I don't know how long I will live. After my demise, the girl's brothers will kill her, and so I request you to take her into your care. At the time, the girl was approximately 25 years old. She continues, At that age, my mother taught her how to recite the Holy Quran and its translation, despite the fact that the girl did not know the language and was uneducated. She also arranged for her to be married afterwards. In the early days, she had very little means. When a dervish's daughter was to be married, my mother would lend her own jewellery and would tell the bride that they could use it for as long as she would like and then to return it afterwards. Then it would be given to the following dervish's daughter who would be getting married. In this way, many girls benefited from her jewellery because in the early period of difficulties, the circumstances of the dervish were not very good. However, later when their children went abroad and started making an income, their circumstances improved. When they grew older and they would send whatever the savings they had back home, thinking their money was unsafe wherever they lived, they would send it there for safekeeping. She says, Our mother had a cabinet where she kept all the trusts, whether it was someone's jewellery, money or anything else. She says, I saw many different things being kept with her for safekeeping. Whenever someone would come to retrieve their trust, she would tell me where it was in the cabinet to retrieve it from. Then first she would ask the person to whom the trust was being returned to, to open it in front of her to check and make sure everything was there. And she would only be at ease once the person confirmed that everything was there. All the dervishes were from good families. However, there was poverty at the time. Some girls, after completing their primary education, 
would go on to pursue further education. But for others, she would call them to the office to do lejna work, so that they would not sit idle until it was a time for them to get married. Since there was no formal office, she made a small office in her home, which is also where they would do schoolwork. There would be quite a bit of rush there, but she would be happily carrying out her work. She was very hospitable to any girl who would come to work. If it was time to eat, then she would give them food, otherwise she would offer them tea. Similarly, she would also be teaching the girls at the same time about how to set the table, saying that they should learn now so that when they are married into good homes, no one can call them ignorant. This was the degree to which she would be concerned for these girls. And when many of those girls were married into good homes, they had no issues thanks to her training. Many women and girls have mentioned that this was the manner in which they were trained by her, due to which they had no issues adjusting with their in-laws. She also prepared the clothes and gifts for the brides with her own hands. On Eid, she would herself would go to the homes of the widows of the Darveshes to give them Eid gifts. Mirza Vasiyam and Sahib would also go with her, but if he could not, then she would go on her own. She says, someone mentioned to her that someone had built a very lavish home in Rabwa, to which she said, I have spoken to Allah about one thing, that is this house of blessings which I have received, meaning she was granted the ability to live in Gardian. And I have come here as the daughter-in-law of the second caliph. This is more than enough for me, but please do give me a lofty home in paradise. This is the quality of a believer in that they are indifferent to the worldly allures. She writes about Hazrat Mir Muhammad Ismail Sahib. Since I was fond of cleanliness from my childhood, Mir Sahib would not let anyone but me clean his room because I would put all of his things, such as his notes, books and whatever else, right back where they were after cleaning. This is why he said, no one should come into my room aside from Amtul Qadus. Then whenever a girl finished her 10th grade exams, she would ask them. Some girls learned how to read the Holy Quran from Abdurrahman Jad Sahib, whether they had started reading the translation of the Holy Quran. She says, Whenever the girls passed the 10th grade exams, they would come to our mother and learn the translation of the Holy Quran. There would be three classes running at once, 
and she would teach them the entire translation of the Holy Quran within three years and would also teach them the grammar alongside it. Many people, women and girls have written to me that she also taught them jurisprudence. She had a passion for teaching the entire Holy Quran and ensured so that no girl would leave without learning all of it. She was also regular in offering the Tahajjud prayers. In her final illness, even when she fell extremely ill, she would still be concerned about being woken up in time to offer the Tahajjud. So long as she was capable, she kept fasts. In Ramadan especially, she would go to the mosque for Taravi prayers. The rest of the time, she would offer prayers in the home. But during Ramadan, she would especially go to the mosque for prayers. She had profound love for Khilafat. She would write letters to the Khalif of the time. Her daughter says, If in response, she received a reply expressive of pleasure, she would very happily share it with us to show us how the Khalifa had expressed his pleasure. When Hazrat Khalid Masih IV Rahimahullah visited Gadian in 1991, she herself arranged his room. Similarly, in 2005, when I visited again, she herself arranged our room and undertook all the planning, setting the bed, among other things, and did this work with great sincerity. Then despite me saying that our food would be cooked separately, she insisted that she would cook one meal daily and she would actually send it and she would cook the food with great care. She says, after my father had passed away, my mother was offering prayers and weeping. At the same time, she was repeating the same words Hazrat Amajan said upon the demise of the Prophet Messiah O God, he is departing from us. You should not leave us. She says, I have witnessed and I am certain that this prayer was answered. Because after that, seeing as the daughters had been married in Pakistan, we received multiple visas and she was able to come and go. And thus she did not feel lonely. Her son says, most of the guests would come and stay at Darul Masih. And our mother would train the children who were 11 and 12 years old how to deliver hot water to the rooms and how to tend to the needs of the guests. Similarly, Mia Wasima Masaib had connections with the government officials and so she would introduce the community to their wives and then would keep in touch with them afterwards as well. Satnam Singh Bajwa was a prominent politician there. After the partition, he moved to India. He was the father of Pratab Singh Bajwa, who is a member of parliament these days. Her son says, his wife would also frequent our home and she would even keep her belongings with our mother. Once she gave something for safekeeping, and she asked, Saibzadi Amtul Qudus, 
whether she had opened to see what it was. To which she replied, It is your belonging. How could I open it and look? You should check to see if it is fine. She would tend to the poor. He says, Once she had gone for a visit to a village in Orisha. She did not have anything to give the people there. He continues, Whatever extra clothes we children, all her children had gone with her, we gave to the people so that they could cover themselves as they were in a very impoverished and poor state. He further says, The Quran which our mother used to teach the young girls how to read the Holy Quran and its translation was based on the translation of Hazrat Mir Muhammad Ishaq Sahib and its particular copy was given as a gift to her by Hazrat Amajan. Ibrahim Munib is her son-in-law and states that after the demise of Mia Wasim Ahmed Sahib, she lived in Qadian for 10 years. After falling seriously ill, her daughters brought her to Rabwa. By the grace of Allah, her visa would also be granted extension. However, she had always planned to not leave Qadian for a lengthy period of time, unless she had sought permission from the Khalifa of the time. She would not want to stay out of Guardian for more than a few months. In any case, she wrote to me and I wrote back to her that she could stay as long as she wanted and to continue extending her visa. It was only after this that she remained there for an extended period of time. As a Muslim told her when she was leaving for Guardian to not to go to the bazaar in Qadian belonging to the Hindus because they had hurled verbal abuse at the Prophet Islam. She showed such regard for Hazrat Muslim instructions that even after the circumstances had improved and the local people began to deal in a very courteous manner and many Ahmadis who would attend the Jalsa would go there as well as the members of the Prophet family. However, she did not go to the bazaars in Qadian for 70 years. Instead, she would go to Amritsar to do her shopping. Ibrahim Munisai says that once the locals of Qadian fiercely opposed the Ahmadiyya Jamaat. The narration of this incident is incomplete. Her granddaughter writes, The young children of Qadian would call her Nani Ammi, i.e. grandmother, and she showed great love and affection to everyone just like a grandmother does. She further writes, Once she was resting owing to weakness and health. In the evening, some women came to meet her from a distance Jamaat. Since none of the elders were at home, I told them that she was resting. And so they gave a small note requesting for prayers and left. When my grandmother woke up, I informed her that two ladies had come to visit her. She immediately called for the note and prayed for them and then instructed someone on the phone 
and told them to implement for them whatever the need of theirs was mentioned in the note. She then explained, Out of their love, people would come from distant places to meet your grandfather, and he would never let them return like this. Therefore, you should also honour the guests and seat them down, and that she could have informed me. My grandmother explained this to me in a very loving manner, which remains etched in my memory until this day. Her grandson, Sayyid Hashir, says, I requested her to give me some advice as I am becoming a missionary. He is currently studying in Jamia, Canada. She replied, You are receiving all the advice from the Khalifa of the time. Therefore, I do not need to give you any advice. Listen to his words carefully and act on them. She also told me to recite the following prayer. Rabbi kullu shayin khadimuka, Rabbi fahfazni wansuni warhamni. Over the phone, she would always advise me to fulfill my waqf to its utmost and to become a true helper of Khilafat. Many non-Muslims attended her funeral and mentioned her with great love. Among them was Fateh Jang Singh, who is a former member of assembly. He mentioned that their childhood years were spent in her house and in her care. He also went to the Waga border to receive the body. He said that it was as if he buried his mother for the second time. He further said that when he was very little, they would visit her house and she would feed them and take good care of them. Mala, one of her granddaughters, says, she was a model for us in regards to her love and obedience for Khilafat. Since she has passed away, hundreds of people have called to express their condolences and each one of them spoke very highly of her. She also stayed for some time in Guardian and says, I noticed that the people of Guardian loved her dearly and likewise she had great love for them as well. <clears throat> she also mentioned that when I was supposed to travel to Guardian in 2008, but due to circumstances at the time, the tour was cancelled and I returned to Delhi and she said she was very sad as she did not know whether she would have the opportunity to meet again. Abid Khan, who lives here and is the husband of her granddaughter, says she demonstrated through her exemplary conduct how one should fulfil their waqf. She possessed a very kind disposition but on one occasion, I saw her speak in a very stern tone. It was a wedding of a local girl in Qadian. But she, i.e. Saibzadi Amtul Qudus, became unwell and had a severe headache. Upon seeing her health, her granddaughter suggested to send her apology and rest instead. However, she replied, 
Mala, I will certainly attend the wedding. You do not know the relationship I have with the people of Qadian. Akila Ifat Sahiba, wife of Dr. Bashir Ahmed Nasir Darvesh of Qadian, says, Through the organization of Nasrat and Lajna, she would always guide the wives and daughters of the Darvesh of Qadian. She was extremely skilled in fulfilling administrative matters. Whilst working along with her, one could feel her love, affection, support, respect and honour. She would always desire to pass on the training of the various roles and responsibilities to the future generation. She was a very confident and organised individual. Whatever work she would carry out would be done in a very graceful manner. She taught us the Holy Quran along with its translation and also taught us fiqh. The young women who have been trained by her are now in different parts of the world and serving the Jamaat wherever they are. Bushra Mubarak Sahiba of Hyderabad Dakkan says, We had a very strong family relation with them. During the occasion of Jalsa, she would stand till the middle of the night and personally see to the hospitality of the guests and provide for their food and drink and comfort. She would say that they are the guests of the Promised Messiah and that we ought to take care of them. She would see to every little detail. Similarly, the wife of Khalid al-Adin Sahib, Sajda Tanvir Sahiba, says, She was like a mother for all the Lajna members of India. Just as a suckling infant is held by the finger and taught all the basic etiquettes and morals by its mother, in the same way, Hazrat Abhajan, cared for our moral training and education at every moment of our lives, for which my progeny and I will be forever grateful to her. I received countless letters from ladies of Qadian and from all those women with whom she had any connection. Likewise, the male children of all those who have been living in Qadian for a long time have written that she raised them like a mother. Their children also mentioned about her bond with Khilafat, as I mentioned earlier. Other women have also mentioned this point. The humility and exceptional loyalty she showed to Hazrat Khalif al-Masih, the second of the Allahu Anhu. She maintained that same bond later and with me as well. She was an example. When she met me here as well, she met me with the utmost respect and reverence. When I went to Qadian in 2005, she showed great concern for the hospitality of guests. Furthermore, in every meeting, the joy from her face would be evident. In 2005, despite her ill health, when I was departing, she came to Delhi from Qadian. May Allah the Almighty elevate her status and enable her children to carry on her virtuous deeds. May Allah enable the people of Qadian to show each other the same love that she had for the people of Qadian. At present, there is no longer any blood relation of the Prophet Islam living in Qadian. May Allah the Almighty create such circumstances whereby someone from the family may go there.
May Allah the Almighty elevate the status of the deceased. There is another funeral here. Has it arrived? The funeral is of Muhammad Arshad Ahmadi Sahib of the UK. He passed away recently at the age of 71. Verily to Allah we belong and to him shall we return. He was the son of Yusuf Ahmadi Sahib from Nairobi who accepted the promise of Islam and pledged allegiance. He was the son or the grandson. Nonetheless, he was from the progeny of Yusuf Ahmadi Sahib who pledged allegiance to the Prophet Islam. He came from Nairobi to UK at the age of 15. He married Amatul Basir Sahiba, who is the daughter of Hazrat Khalifa Salauddin Sahib and granddaughter of Hazrat Dr. Khalifa Rashiduddin Sahib who is a companion of the Prophet Islam. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, he was a Musi. Aside from his wife, he leaves behind two sons and one daughter. He had a strong connection with the Jamaat. Wherever he lived, he served the Jamaat in one way or another. In Khudam al-Ahmadiyya, he served as Muhtamim. He served as a National Secretary for UK for more than 20 years. He had an intellectual disposition. When Salman Rushdie wrote a blasphemous book against the Holy Prophet on the instructions and guidance of Hazrat Khalid al-Masih IV, Arshad Ahmadi Sahib had the opportunity to write a rebuttal to it. He was regular in offering the prayers in congregation. Since we moved here, he brought a home near to Islamabad with the intention that he would offer the prayers. He had a bond of love for the Holy Prophet and the Prophet Islam. He would regularly recite the Holy Quran. The deceased had a passion for propagating the message of Islam Ahmadiyyat. He was regular in giving chanda. He would meet everyone with love and warmth and was eloquent. He was a sincere person who had a deep bond of reverence with Khilafat. On one occasion, Hazrat Khalid the IV said about him, I have always found Arshad Ahmadi Sahib to be extremely obedient the likes of which is seldom seen. Whatever I say to him, he accepts immediately. Because of this quality of his, I have a lot of respect for him and his family. In reality, this obedience and subservience to Khilafat continued even after. I have always found him to be humble and obedient to Khilafat. He always gave precedence to honour and respect of the Jamaat. May Allah the Almighty bestow His mercy and forgiveness upon him and may Allah grant His children the opportunity to continue His virtuous deeds. One of His sons is a life devotee. There is a funeral in absentia which is of Ahmed Jamal Sahib who was an African-American. He lived in the USA and passed away recently at the age of 92. Verily to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. He was born in 1930 and pledged allegiance at the hands of Hazrat Muslim Maud in 1951. In the 50s and 60s, he had the opportunity to offer financial sacrifices for the Masjid Sadiq in Chicago. He was a very humble and modest individual. He had a bond of love and loyalty with the Jamaat and Khilafat. To watch MTA, he initially installed a dish antenna and then later used to watch it online. He would regularly listen to my dresses and sermons. 
He would discuss the sermons with his friends and relatives. He would not simply listen to the sermons, but would take notes and discuss them. The deceased lived 90 miles away from the mosque, but despite his age and poor health, he would regularly come for the Jummah prayers. He was regular in giving the chanda and would never have to be reminded a second time. He would also partake in other financial initiatives. He has a daughter, but she is not part of the Jamaat. May Allah the Almighty bestow His forgiveness and mercy upon the deceased. May He accept the prayers He offered for His daughter. May she have the opportunity to accept Ahmadiyyat. There is one funeral present and two funerals in absentia. After the Friday prayers, I will offer the funeral prayers. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah,